Good morning, church. Um, thank you, Pastor Peter, uh, for the warm welcome. And uh, thank you, church, for embracing us. Uh, it's good to be back here in Kilsite South. I do remember the first time we came here. That was, you know, many, many years ago. If uh, there are those who remember Graham Nielsen, and uh, people like David O'Brien, uh, yeah. So we've journeyed with you all for a long time, and uh, we really, really appreciate the partnership and the relationship that we've had, you know, with the church. Uh, this time, you know, we are absolutely delighted to be back uh, in Australia and to be uh, with you all in person. Um, and it makes, you know, this joy so much more uh, meaningful because of you know, what we went through, the COVID uh, situation. Um, I'm sure you would agree with me that there were times you know, when we um, were facing you know, the COVID impact of whether we would ever, ever travel again or see each other. But uh, just to be here in person and to be worshipping you know, together has just been so you know, delightful you know, for us. Um, Today, you know, I um, uh, was thinking, you know, that Billy, you know, would join me and, you know, uh, help me, you know, with sharing a little bit of our ministry report, you know, but I guess, you know, uh, I'll have to do it on my own, but really appreciate, you know, the support, you know, that the family gives me uh, when they are uh, here with me. Uh, the reading from the scripture is taken from Mark chapter 1, and if we have it on there on the screen... Um, I'll read in from Mark chapter 1, verses 35 to 39. Jesus prays in a solitary place. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So uh, this morning, what I'd like to share is what we uh, in the organization Baptist Mission Australia have used as our theme for this year's May Mission Month, that was two months ago, as you know, alongsiders. We are all called to be alongsiders, and I would like to take us through just briefly uh, on four different you know, themes. Alongsiders who are people of prayer, alongsiders who are people of peace, alongsiders who are people of love, and alongsiders who are partners. In our video that we just showed you, we talk about what it means to be an alongsider for us uh, in our context um, back in Thailand. And uh, alongsiders are, uh, are generally people who come alongside their neighbors, members of their family, their friends, uh, their school or uni mates or workmates or people you know, that we share shared activity with in our clubs and so forth. But doing what? Demonstrating love, God's love in practical ways and uh, bringing peace you know, to people and humbly sharing you know, the gospel of Jesus to them. So this morning, I just want to talk through some of you know, the aspects of what it means to be an alongsider. And the first one that we see from this passage that we have derived this morning is that uh, Jesus modeled to us what it means to have a life of prayer. And Jesus starts his activity by prayer. 
Now that's you know something that I'm sure all of us or most or most of us you know would practice. But uh, um, can I can it be a reminder and an encouragement to us this morning of how Jesus you know went off you know to a solitary place very early in the morning, retreating you know from the people and the ministry that was set before him to spend some time in God you know with prayer, and therefore we see you know that Jesus models what it means to have a prayer life. We know that Jesus, he prays, you know, even before his baptism, before he chooses the twelve disciples, before he um, announces his approaching death, you know, to uh, his disciples, he always prays. Jesus also prays, you know, in the mundane things of life, before he eats, when he's weary and tired, he prays, when he knows that he's going to face challenging situation, he prays, and that is the Savior, the Lord that we follow. It's a prayer of life. And that's what Jesus you know, modeled to us. For a lot of people in the professional uh, areas of their life, uh, or those who are you know, not followers of Jesus, uh, they would even see spending you know, um, some time together early in the morning or before they start their work in just trying to assess what their priorities are for the day. And then they set their priorities. And that's how they achieve you know, their success or their productivity, or their fruitfulness in their work and in their business. But for us as followers of Jesus, that is what we call prayer, spending time you know, with people. And it's so important you know, to spend you know, a significant you know, time, uh, uh, or spending you know, time with God before a significant activity. Uh, therefore, I just wanted to you know, talk a little about you know, my background of what it means, you know, uh, of how I was brought up. Uh, for some of, for a lot of y'all may not know, you know, but uh, my parents were missionaries, uh, and they continued the ministry of the Australian Baptist uh, Mission in the state of Assam in India uh, in the late 60s. And therefore, um, I was sent to a boarding school, and during the winter vacation, I would come back and spend time you know, with my family. That's when my parents would take me to the church in the mission compound, uh, the early um, morning you know, a prayer. The church had a church bell, and there was the mission compound caretaker who lived next to the church, and it was his duty to ring the church bell every morning. However, he never had a clock in his house, nor did he wear a watch. And um, there would be some mornings, you know, where we felt that it was really, you know, um, uh, some, you know, bizarre times, you know, that he would, you know, uh, ring the bell. So I do remember, you know, one time, you know, when my mom and dad would say, come on, it's, uh, the church bell is ringing, you know, we need to get, you know, to church. And we would jump out of the bed and uh, come out of the house running, and we would see other people in the mission compound. The nurse, she would be running down the hill and would ask my dad, is the caretaker not happy with you? It seems really early this morning. <laughs> that was the prayer life you know, that, uh, that I, I sort of you know, grew up in where you know, my mom and dad you know, would take me to church you know, every morning. But, um, um, and, 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 and I've got another picture there on the slide, which is you know, the lamp. So uh, we lived in a mission compound that had no electricity. And in the evenings, my parents would always gather us in the living room or in the bedroom and we would you know, end our day in prayer. That's the prayer life you know, that I grew up within our family, and I'm just so, so grateful you know, to my parents you know, for inculcating that in me. And I think you know, we, it's our duty and our, responsible, our responsibility to continue to have some good practices you know, within our family so that our children, our grandchildren, can follow God in ways you know, that are, uh, are impactful you know, through our life. 
um, just want to talk a little about prayer of you know how it is helpful. We've talked about what it means you know to start you know our day in prayer because that's what Jesus modeled to us. But what I find in my prayer life is that when I am praying to God, it is actually preparing me for the day. It's helping me become a better person and become and helping me be more attentive to what is needed to be done during the course of the day. So what I you know call is to invite God, to allow God to transform our hearts and to change our hearts and to prepare, to prepare our hearts for the day. Some example would be that we would be very grateful that we've just had a good night sleep of rest for our body and for our minds and therefore just having you know, an attitude and a sense of gratitude to God. Or there could be some things you know, that are disturbing us or that is challenging us and we go into a mode of intercessory prayers. And that is you know, really helpful you know, because when we invite God, God is basically helping us to just reorientate our minds and our attitude for what needs to be done for that day and helps us you know, to prioritize what needs to be done for that day. So it is important to invite God, to allow God to change and transform our hearts and not us ourselves forcefully trying you know, to prepare our hearts for the day. It just becomes really difficult. I remember, um, I'm just recalling you know, uh, an email that I received you know, from a person that I know who at the bottom of her email has this one line which says, when we work, we work. When we pray, God works. And that's so true in our life, you know, that when we leave it in God's hand, you know, things are going to be done, you know, in a much, much better way, and we are stress-free. The other thing is you know, to include God in our lives, uh, which, is, um, which is so, you know, um, scripturally founded, you know, uh, in the, the Proverbs. Um, the wise sayings, you know, tell us, you know, that we need to commit our plans, you know, uh, to the Lord. And by doing so, what we are reflecting is our dependence on God. Can I just share, you know, a short story of, you know, what a hard lesson that I had to learn very early on, just in the beginning of my ministry journey of what it meant to be dependent on God. When I received my calling uh, to a full-time ministry, I was asked to go to a Bible college in the south of India, Union Biblical Seminary, and I had to sit for an exam. Uh, three papers, and I did it, and I felt that I smashed it. And I thought, oh, yeah, the next step is for me to go uh, and attend you know, a Bible college. But I never got a calling letter. In fact, I got a letter telling me, sorry, we don't have a seat for you this year. And I was devastated. I was absolutely devastated, thinking, what happened to the calling that I was convicted of that I thought that I had received? Round about that time, I was doing a devotion on a book, Streams in the Desert. It was sometime around May. And uh, it was about uh, a, a, a scripture passage you know, from, um, uh, from, from Corinthians where Paul talks about, but all these things happen to us, to me, so that I can depend on God, talking about the shipwreck and so forth. But all these things happen to me so that I can depend on God. And here I realize, to my awareness, that I was not depending on God fully. I was entering into ministry, but I thought that I could rely on my own ability and get into Bible college. A week later, 
I receive you know, a, a, another letter from the college telling me that there's one student who has vacated his seat for some reason or the other, and you can come and join us. And that's where I met Vili. And she knows me as the latecomer from a Sam. <laughs> but that's a wonderful you know, lesson that I learned. Uh, it's painful, but I learned it that hard way, that it's so important to be dependent on God. And prayer life actually is a life that reflects that we are dependent on God. Why would we pray you know, if we were not dependent on God? We would be dependent on ourselves most of the time. Just want to talk quickly about involving God. Um, to me, I you know, see involving God in our prayer life as one where we are actually practicing you know, the, the presence of God. It's a spiritual discipline. And so how do we practice that? Uh, for me, I find it more possible when I am able to bring God into an activity that I'm involved in during the course of the day. So it could be an activity in a workplace, or it could be an activity with friends, or it could be an activity that I'm actually um, doing because it gives me uh, a lot of joy and pleasure. I, I love sports, and in the evenings, you know, I try to spend some time doing some sports. And when, even in those times when I'm practicing you know, my ball handling skills in basketball and so forth, I still try to bring God into my mind. What I am actually doing is allowing God to talk to me and creating the space so that I can listen to him. And therefore, when I involve God in those areas of my life, I find that I am able to react and respond to situations and to people and to circumstances in better ways. There are times that I fail when I don't involve and bring God in those times. So um, what I find really helpful is, uh, is just involving God in the activities that you know, we are involved in the course of a day. Can I give you a brief example? And um, if my wife, Vili, allows me to use her as an example, sometimes she's not too happy about it, but um, as you know, all spouses, you know, we have you know, our good times and our you know, uh, challenging times. Sometimes we have our differences. There are times when I am not forgiving or where I don't understand the other person. But there are times when I feel you know, that, yes, we have a difference, but I need to bring God in. And how do I bring God in? It's allowing the scripture, what we know, what we understand, what we've been taught, to allow to play in our hearts and our minds. And, there, and it is in those times where I have to practice what it means to be a follower of Jesus and produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is called the fruit of the Holy Spirit for a particular reason, because fruits we know are produced by trees, and trees do not produce fruits for their own consumption. We, as followers of Jesus, are to produce the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so forth. And there are times when I have to produce that fruit of patience or gentleness to my wife, Vili. And when she does that, and when she reciprocates that, we have a wonderful couple, a family. And that's involving God in our lives. So can I just encourage us, you know, that we invite God, we include God, and we involve God in our prayer lives throughout the course of the day. It could be a formal time or an informal time. I pray, you know, for my girls uh, every time that I drop them off to school while I'm driving. And uh, that's, you know, a practice, you know, that I um, have.
Alongside us as people of peace, I uh, just want to quickly you know, talk about what it means as followers of Jesus that we are uh, a people of peace because we have the message of peace in us and uh, the message of reconciliation. And as people of peace, we are to seek and to engage with people of peace, which is the other people who are open and who are receptive, who are welcoming of us, who open the uh, opportunities and the doors to the gospel. Uh, we see that, you know, that Jesus, uh, uh, here in Mark, um, in Luke chapter 10, where, Luke, uh, where Jesus sends out his disciples and asks them to look out you know, for the people of peace in the communities and the villages that they go to. And therefore, it's so important that we look for the people of peace. Very early on in, my, uh, in our ministry, um, there was Long, who is... Um, on the left of that group photo, wearing you know, a light green shirt. Uh, when we moved into his village, the same evening he came and, uh, to our house and he asked us who we were and what we had come into his village for. And when I told him you know, that I was a follower of Jesus, but you know, I came here to teach English, and I've already talked to the principal uh, of the local school, and we have arranged you know, for me to volunteer and teach English. He told me, oh, I'm interested in learning English. I said, why don't you come? Because you, know, you have a broken leg right now from a bike accident, which he told me about it. And uh, you've got a lot of time. You don't have to go to a farm. So we can you know, uh, learn English together. We did that for three months. We had a Christian family from another place come and visit us. We, in we invited Long to that um, uh, dinner. And here was our Christian Thai friend who said a prayer. We had a wonderful fellowship. And we left. The next morning, Long comes back and he tells me, what was that word that you all said collectively after he said a prayer? And I said, it's amen. And I told him, it means that we agree with what that person prayed for. Can I pray for you with your broken leg that God can heal it? And he said, yes, I'd love for you to pray for me. And I took him into the house and I prayed for him. And there is a beautiful story to that because his broken leg was not healing. There was, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, the x-rays showed, you know, that he needed to do, you know, um, bone, what do you call it, uh, a bone marrow transplant to fill the hole uh, in one of the bones, uh, tibula or fibula, whichever one. And um, we didn't have money for that. We had some people you know, from Central Coast in New South Wales come to visit us. They donated some money for that surgery to take place. But we thought, oh, Long is you know, the first person to come to know Christ. If there is money involved for his surgery, what would it mean? What would the implications mean? What would his family think? What would the, you know, the collective you know, uh, uh, community think about this transition taking place? And we were just not very nervous and we felt like, oh, we need to pray about this. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. Six months later, we said, oh, it's time to have that surgery. We have the money. Let's go and visit the doctor. We went to visit a doctor, took another x-ray, and he said, he doesn't need the transplant. It's just amazing how God works. Yes, we are called to be people of love. And what God wants us to practice is a holistic mission where we demonstrate the love of God through words and deeds. 
This is a story, you know, that really say, you know, tells it's her story, and I'm going to tell it, you know. But um, let me see if I can do some justice, you know, to this story. There's this woman in the picture that you see. Her name is uh, Pao Uwan, and we never knew her. This was in May 2021, right in the peak of you know the COVID having its impact on our communities. And she sends a text message to Vili. Vili doesn't know who it is. And they keep on going back and forth, trying to you know, identify who this person is. Eventually, Vili is reminded that this is someone who works in a restaurant. And we used to frequent that restaurant after our Bible studies. And she says that she'd love to come and uh, visit Vili and asks for our house address. She, does, she gives it you know, to part one. And that same evening, Pawan rocks up to our house and she narrates how difficult life has been for her, that she's lost her restaurant, she's also lost all her savings, and all she had with her was a 20-part note. Now, here was really having this conversation with someone that hardly knew and barely saw and asking all the right questions of what about families and friends for you? Are there anyone that can help you? Eventually, what led uh, Vili to help her was that she knew that she wanted to help her for the immediate future and therefore gave her some money to buy food for the immediate future. But she also wanted to help her for the longer future, for eternity, and told Pawan that, you know, we, when we have you know, such big challenges and problems, we pray, and we pray to Jesus. Can I pray to Jesus for you? And can I just share with you who Jesus is? So here is Vili helping her for the immediate future and also helping her for the longer future, for her eternity, in helping her know who Jesus is. And Vili prays for her. So this relationship starts, and then she continues to help part one over the months. And then after some time, she, uh, Vili can find a job for part one at a restaurant just next to our house, and she starts working there. In fact, Vili tells me you know, that she was helping her in how to save her money too. And uh, she had opened a bank account anyway, and she began saving and had quite some, a small substantial amount that she had in a bank account. Last May, or two months ago, what happened was that her boss was having some financial difficulty with his big restaurant, and he had a car that was financed, and he didn't have, at that particular moment, enough money to pay his finance for that month. So he was sharing that with his employees, and Pao Wan came to hear about that and told her boss, oh, I have some savings in my bank account, 13,000 baht. Would you like you know, to use it you know, f- you know, for, your, um, for your car? And he said, yes. And so she went home, withdrew her money, and he went to her house and picked up that money. And Pawan comes back to Vili and shares about this. And Vili is asking, why did you do that? That was all that you had, 13,000 baht. And you sort of shared it with him. You, you lent it to him. And she tells, but that's what I'm learning from the scripture. God is asking us to share. Isn't that beautiful that here's this woman. In 2021, she has an encounter with Vili, an encounter with Jesus. In 2022, October, she receives baptism. There was a picture of her there. And just last May, 
she is reflecting her life and what she learns from the scripture. And she is saying, you know, that if I am to show love, this is how I demonstrate and share what I have with my people that I work with. Can I, can I just encourage the church, you know, that you also have some wonderful ministries. There's what you all call Two Sparrows Coffee Cup, that you all uh, have a ministry activity, and that's just a wonderful way of demonstrating God's love to people. I was in a part of a learning community in our organization that we have you know, for staff to come and learn together. And um, um, there was something that Steve Bradbury, uh, if you all know that name, shared you know, with us you know, about you know, integral mission. And let me see if I can get this correct, but I thought it was a beautiful quote by a Filipino lady who says, ultimately for the word to make sense, it needs a caring community. It needs a social context in which the saving power of God becomes flesh and is made visible. That's you and us, the church of God, the community of God. And likewise, our acts of mercy and compassion needs articulating within the interpretive frame of the gospel if they are to be the bearers of the meaning of the kingdom and not just an instance of a competent social work. Isn't that beautiful when you are able to do your acts of mercy and kindness and through your lifestyle as a follower of Jesus, be able to witness the gospel to people? William, myself, what we have learned a little in this, in this journey that we've had in Thailand is that the joy that we get in doing ministry with the Thai people is when we can secure their eternity. It's beautiful that we can help them with you know, all acts of kindness and love. That's there. We love it. But there is some pure joy you know, when we can secure the eternity of people, you know, which is what is God's heart. Partnering in the gospel, can I just quickly, you know, and I know we are coming close to the 11 o'clock time, uh, just spend a few um, uh, uh, moments in what it means you know, to be partnering. Uh, but can I just take all of us back you know, to what it means to partner with God? Because what we are doing missionally is God's mission. Because that is God's heart. And to me, it is most beautifully reflected in the story of the prodigal son, where you see the father yearning you know, for the relationship that he has lost you know, with his son because the son wants to uh, you know, uh, uh, live his own life um, and therefore, every day, he's looking out for his son to return to him. And therefore, we see that is the heart of God. That is the core of you know, what God's love is, wanting to see people who have broken that relationship with him come back and be reconciled to him. And therefore, we as a church have that duty to help uh, um, um, this mission work of God to bring people and reconcile them back to God. As a church, we are all included and we are all involved to be sharing the gospel. You are going to start you know, the Alpha course, and that's going to help you, you know, build your faith, understand your faith, and share the gospel. You have wonderful ministry activities that you're involved in within the community, and there are opportunities for all of us to be involved. And that's what we are called, to be included 
and to be involved in God's work because it is God's mission. Can I invite you all to continue partnering with Baptist Mission Australia to partner you know, with our team back in, Australia, uh, back in Thailand? Our team, actually, the numbers are dwindling right now, and we know that there is a lot more work to be done. You have a small, you know, you can see a small uh, um, a circled um, a picture where it says, Love Thailand 111. Last April, the Christian Protestant group of Thailand came together in Chiang Mai, around 5,000 from all around the country. And the leaders decided that we are going to have a new vision for the next five years, which is Love Thailand 111. So what does that mean? Thailand Christian Protestant groups have celebrated 195 years of being a church. And within that 95 years span of time, our numbers are around 500 to 600,000 Christians out of almost 70, 71.6 million people, which is less than 1% or 0.67. So the Love Thailand vision is about having 10,000 pastors or servants of God with 10,000 churches and 1 million Christians within the next five years because in 2028, we are going to celebrate 200 years of Protestant Christianity. Can I invite you all to pray you know, for Thailand? Uh, there's a lot of work to be done. You've heard you know, of the post-election results. There is um, a wave of wanting to see changes and reformation and transformation take place in the country. The younger generation are really open to change. And we think there is a place and there is a space in that wanting of change within the country for the church to have a role. So can I invite you all you know, to pray for Thailand? And for those of you all who are feeling that God is leading you into mission, if it's overseas, uh, we have you know, uh, Chris and Jody McCartney, part of your church, um, our fellow colleagues, lovely you know, to be um, working together who uh, have um, a stall uh, at the back uh, with more information that you can you know, talk and, uh, and ask questions about that. And uh, we also have you know, some updated prayer cards. If God is placing in your heart for you to be engaged in mission, in mission can I consider, ask you to consider that and pray? Because there are big needs all around the world and even in the, in, in the country that we serve in Thailand. Just want to thank the church once again for your partnership with us. Um, I've been going around to different churches, and they remind me that Moana, we've been uh, partnering with you, you know, for the last uh, 20 years, and I sort of, at times, and you know, I sort of tend to cringe a little bit, and I feel like, oh boy, am I being a burden to the church? <laughs> but I think that you, know, you would never see it that way. You know, we enjoy, you know, this uh, relationship and this partnership that we have. So can I continue to encourage even the church here in Kilsite South, probably to send another mission team. I know Graham and Colleen are not here, but we'd love to see another team come and join us and see what, is God, see what God is doing in Thailand too. But uh, lastly, can I just thank you all you know, for your faithfulness? Can I thank you all for your wonderful support uh, that you are to us? And uh, we look forward you know, to working together in his kingdom for his kingdom. Can I pray for you all? 
Father, we want to thank you a lot for this morning, for this wonderful opportunity to come together and um, hear some of the good things that are happening and some of the challenging things uh, that uh, we face back in Thailand where this church, your community and your people, Father, have been faithfully supporting and being part of and, being, and praying for the work there. Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for your scripture that reminds us, Lord, that we, are, that we need to be people of prayer. And therefore, Father, this morning we pray that you would mold us to be more like Jesus, that we can be a people of prayer. We pray, Lord, that you would shape us, Lord, to, to, to be people who are people of peace and looking for and seeking and engaging with people of peace who are open you know, to um, wanting to know about you. Father, we pray, Lord, that you would fill us, Lord, with your love once again, that we can demonstrate and practice that love to people around us in our own communities. And lastly, Father, we pray that you would, fill, uh, that you would use us because, Father, we want to unconditionally surrender our lives to you and that, Father, we can expect great things to happen in and through us. So, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh upon us once again. Mold us, shape us, fill us, and use us. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you head down, I'd love to invite the rest of the family to come up because we would love to, and if the band want to come forward and get prepared, we would love to be able to pray for you. Thank you for sharing not just uh, what you're doing, which is amazing, but the vision for Thailand, uh, the way that you're getting alongside people, it's just an encouragement to us to be able to do the same. Like, we're here, they're over in Thailand, but we can do the same and we can be alongside us as well. I wonder if there's um, a few people from the mission team and the pastoral team that want to come forward and, and let's pray for Moana and Vili and um, the rest of the family as well. Um, we've got Pam here. Where's Pam? Yeah. Um, Lynn's here. Great. And Gord, do you want to come up, Gordon? If you're from the mission team, come on, Gordon and Keith. We might get just a couple of these people from our missions team and pastoral team that we might get to, to pray for you uh, before we finish up. Lynn, I wonder if you want to start. Thank you. Thank you. Dear Lord, we give thanks for this wonderful time of sharing. We give thanks for, for Mona's message. Um, we are inspired by all that he connects with, whether it be here in Australia or in Thailand, Lord. And we just pray for all those wonderful connections to continue, Lord. You know, you know who is there. You know who Mona can reach out to. And the same with Vili, with her ministry, Lord. What a beautiful way to be able to help people and inspire them, to connect with them, to give opportunity for sharing. We do pray for their girls, we pray for their studies, we pray for those who they connect with, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that you keep them well, we pray for safe travelling for them, and we hand the whole situation, Lord, of their ministry over to you. Amen. Father, it's a real blessing to be able to share in this ministry with Moana Villa and their girls. Thank you for what they shared to us this morning. May we be blessed in many ways by what we've heard. 
may we be challenged by the fact that we too are missionaries in this community in which we've been placed. So bless them, we pray, and thank you for all that they've done for you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, Lord, as they head back to Thailand in a month's time, may they travel with grace and safety. May you give them opportunities to uh, reach out to those who uh, they connect with, to continue to train up lay people to spread the word about you, that they may be uh, people who get alongside and share a little bit of you with them. We pray that that vision uh, for five years' time will will start to flourish in the meantime, in the now, uh, that we'll see and hear of the great things that you are doing over in Thailand. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for, for being part of our service today. Uh, please come and have a chat to them over some soup and roll um, rolls as well. Um, uh, you'll be able to see Chris and Jody out the front as well. Ask them how they're doing. Um, we still support them in their mission and ministry as well. Um, so thanks for your time.